Hello and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst and I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, this is going to be a sermon from Pastor Nathan, and he is continuing uh, taking th- taking us through our Cross Equals Love series. This one is called Love is Sacrificial, and we've been going through the letter of 1 John chapter 3 specifically, and so he's just taking us on right through to the next section. This is a great sermon. It's a hard sermon to listen to as well, just because love costs us something. It, it asks us to give. Uh, to give something of ourselves, uh, to give our whole selves, really. And that's um, not an always not always an easy message to hear. So I hope you uh, perk up and, and listen intently because this is a wonderful message. Also, I uh, want to always remind you, if this is your first or second time listening uh, to our podcast, but you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. And if you'd like to give to Life Church. Uh, we would invite you to be part of the work that we get to do together in the kingdom of God. And so you can do that by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. I want to thank you so much for your investment in the work that we get to be a part of. Enjoy the sermon. Oh man, I'm ready for today. I hope you are as well. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in a series called The Cross Equals Love. And today, for those who are paying attention, is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is this entire week of preparation, entire 40 days of preparation for Easter, which is the biggest day in our world. It is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I hope I will see all of you next week online or in person. It's never been easier to hang out. If you are tuning in right now on Facebook, I want you to know it's welcome to stay where you're at. But if you want to do some engagement with us, if you want to talk with us or get some prayer, some cool things going on, jump on to the link that you see right there. I mean, it's Palm Sunday. Jesus rode in on a donkey into Jerusalem. And sometimes I think we forget what was going on in that moment. There were crowds around him. There were crowds who were like pushing in and they were shouting and yelling and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. It was a big deal. They were taking off their jackets and garments and laying it down and the palm branches laying down the victor coming into the city. It was resounding and loud. It's like being in a stadium when we could still do that kind of thing (laughs) and and being in there and and hearing a hundred thousand people just shouting and yelling or taking on a chant. I don't know if you've ever been in one where they start, you know, drumming their feet and you can just feel the reverberations up into their soul. That is what was happening on Palm Sunday. The closest thing we get to is New Life Sunday, which by the way is May 2nd. So mark your calendars. It's going to be an absolute blast. But that's the closest we can get this joyful celebration. We cheer and shout and sing when they come up out of the water. That's the closest thing that I've experienced, maybe some conferences uh, back in the day. But man, that moment was so amazing. People liked Jesus a whole heck of a lot right now. They're like, hey, I like that guy. I like what he represents. John, who wrote the letter we're going through, John loved Jesus. In fact, Jesus referred to him as the one that Jesus loved. He, he was loved and special by God. He wrote a biography about Jesus' life called John, and then three letters. And we've been going through 1 John 3 this entire time, which we'll get to read again when we do communion at the end. It's very exciting. Um, but here's what we've covered so far. The love of God has been lavished on us. 
It's been lavished on us, and we've been given a title called children of God, which comes with rights, rights and privileges and an inheritance. But it isn't a title that's just granted to us. It's actually who we are, adopted children of God. And we have freedom to overcome sinfulness. And as Pastor uh, Daniel talked about, God wills us to be pure, and we step into this freedom from sin. And then Jared took it farther and talked about it's the death of Jesus that we meet the love of God because he identifies with our humanity, and the world will know us by our love, not by our hate. What we've learned to this point, I'm going to summarize, but I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't seen all of Cross Equals Love, you're going to want to. It's going to feel more complete and more full on Easter if you've seen everything, because if you didn't catch it, we're actually just exegetically running through 1 John 3. Whatever's there is what we're going to talk about. Today, I'm excited to share with you, but if I could break down what we've talked about so far into two statements, here's the first one. If we live in sin, we negate our title as child of God, denying its reality in our life right now. That's the first thing that you need to know. We deny it. It's ours, but we deny it. Second, if we do not love, we remain in death, denying our new life, denying our new life. I encourage you to dive into those messages. They're incredibly good. I want to pick up right there in 1 John 3, where we left off, 1 John 3, 15. First half of the verse says this, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. What is this talking about? Well, we hear that everyone's a murderer and have no part of God, and Jared spoke about Cain. Cain who killed his brother Abel and the hate that was in his heart. And then that was the example John used to help us understand that we're just like Cain if we have hate. Now, sometimes there's a question that's asked in a sermon. And those questions which I'll have for you today aren't there for our own gratification. They're not supposed to be rhetorical. They're for you to contemplate and allow the Word of God to challenge your heart. But he asked a question last week, which I thought was profound, and it's slightly paraphrased. But here's what I have for you. Have you processed through you through who you might hate? Have you thought about that question? Are there people that you wish ill will on? Have you processed with God that and realized that that's not his will for you to live in that hate? But all of this so far leads up to a new thought. In contrast to the murderer who is motivated by hate, Cain, we need to know who we look to to show love. So if there's an example of Cain, then what's our example of love? Now, I know you guys already know what that is because it's right behind me, really, really big. and, And unless you can't see, you're not paying attention, that's Jesus Jesus is the one who shows us what love is. Verse 16, the first half. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. So this refers back to Cain and saying, hey, that Cain was the murderer. Don't do that. Now this is now referring to he. Well, who's he? He is Jesus. Jesus shows us what love is truly is. The most powerful symbol of love in all of human history is the cross, which is a method of torture and shame and destruction, and yet now means love. Why? Because the greatest act was Jesus taking on your sin, my sin, everything, sacrificing himself so that we can have new life. He says we know love by this. That word know, it's present tense, which what that means in that moment is it's referring to this moment back here. 
He's saying we can only know love if we experience this moment, that love can truly be known in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, since love is grounded in Jesus' death for us, it is clear that knowledge of it can be received only when his death is appropriated into our experience. That's what's being inferred here. You can't experience love until you appropriate this sacrificial love and death. This moment in time must determine your every moment. As Christians, we forget that this moment determines everything we do every single day. The essence of this love, this cross equals love, is sacrifice. A true picture of love. Love is denial of self for another's gain. Love, in the word of God, is denial of self for others' gain. Continuing on in that verse, it says, he laid down his life. And this word laid down is used exclusively to talk about taking off a coat and then laying it down. He's laying down his life. Just like they laid down their coats and the palm branches, Jesus took his whole life and treated it like a coat and laid it down for you. That's an interesting way of, of seeing it. Jesus took his life and laid it down for you. Second half of 16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, the brothers, and the sisters. His love looks like this, so your love should as well. My love should as well. Now, unless you've had sacrificial love in your life, as, unless you have sacrificed for love without trying to manipulate or control or get something in return or to do what you're supposed to, but, but just for the other's gain, unless you've done that, you have not appropriated love into your life. Now, laying things down, we struggle so often just to lay down our preferences of how things should be, whether it's in the home or at church or anywhere else. We struggle to lay down our preferences. We struggle to lay down our opinion. We struggle to lay down our convenience. We get stuck here so often we can't lay it down. But Jesus laid everything down, and the road between here and all the way back to this for us as Christians is really, 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 really long. Laying down your opinion and your preferences, that's easy compared to what Jesus did, but we get stuck here so often that we aren't participating in that love. And John's like, no, this is, this is your life. This is who you should be. My question to you, non-rhetorical, non-rhetorical, think about this, write this down. Have you appropriated sacrificial love? Now, appropriation is something that's not used necessarily well right now, but appropriating is taking something for your own use, to take the love of Jesus for your own use. Yes, to take it in and receive from it, but actually to take that way of thinking and life into you. You dress like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like him, love like him. Man, to take it into your life so much that it comes out. That's what I want for you. I want you to experience this kind of love, this joy, this comfort, this ability and power to move in the world, confidence to know what's required of you comes from this sacrificial love. And I want you to be empowered by it. Like empowered by sacrifice? Yes, absolutely. It changes you to love like Jesus did on the cross. My question is, do you want to love like that? Do you? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that looks like 
Do you want that to increase? John's not done yet. I'm going to call John the love guru. He seems about love all the time when he's talking. He wrote that biography I talked about, and now he's quoting Jesus, and this is what Jesus said, because Jesus is consistent. He says this, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Then he goes on, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. He's preparing them for the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ and saying, I require it and desire it from you. Greater love has no one this than lay down his life for his friends. Man, our love for each other, it changes things. It changes things. Have you ever heard the song, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, we'll know we are Christians by our love, right? I think for us in Christianity, Right now, we're more like, hey, they'll know we are Christians by our hate, discord, and pride. They will know we are Christians by our preferences. Oh, they must be good Christians because they follow this kind of uh, denomination. Or they fall on this side of the spectrum of political debates. You know, it's like we fight for our preferences so much and we won't let any of them go. Stand for the truth of our opinions. One thing is required of us. One, love like Jesus. And I, this is joy. I, don't, I, I wish I could just take this feeling out of my heart and place in you this sacrifice. It results in joy. Not just in your life, but the joy for everyone you connect with. People will see us, and we're going to celebrate on May 2nd new life because we're driven by it. We're driven by seeing people who accept this love, and they're transformed forever. And when they come out of the water, we lose our minds because our Savior's work on the cross has just produced something new, something beautiful. I want you to feel this. That's why we relentlessly pursue one more for Jesus Are you ready to hear what it's going to take to do that? Are you ready? I'm serious, like in the room. Are you ready to hear what it's going to take? Okay. The Word of God is going to challenge you. The Word of God is going to show you. He used an example already. He's going to give you an example of how to love like Jesus on the cross. And here it is, verse 17. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother or sister in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God Abide in him. John is providing a practical test of the validity of one's faith. He already did that. And this is what shocked me. I hadn't seen this before, but reading through it this time, I said, whoa, the last example he used is don't murder. He said, Cain is a murderer. If you hate, you're a murderer in your heart. That's what he talked about first. Then he says, when you love, instead love, what does he go to? Money, material possessions, generosity. That's not the place I would go. And yet that's where he goes. God's love wasn't on display once on the cross, but he's alive in our hearts, pouring out in sacrificial, self-giving love, giving of yourself. This refers to all material possessions. Whoever has money, power, stuff, and sees need and does not give, how is the love of God in them? That's the John's question for you and for me. So whether a murderer or a miser, God's love is in neither. 
I don't know if I like being compared to a murderer. But John doesn't see a difference. Your hate in your heart can't be with the love of God, and your miserliness means you're not showing the love of God either. If we're unwilling to sacrifice material advantage for the sake of our brother, we know that the love of God is not dwelling with us. We haven't appropriated it. This is a, a good word. Palm Sunday. Let's jump back to there, okay? Let's jump back to Palm Sunday. People are excited. The crowds are shouting and cheering. They think they know what Jesus is about to do. But what happens just a few days later? He's beaten, whipped, tortured. And he hung on a cross. And he died. And all those likes floated into nothing. At the cross, not only did the people who welcomed him in abandon him, but his closest friends, the disciples, abandoned him. Those who promised that I will die with you denied him and ran, too afraid for their lives, too afraid of the sacrifice as he was tortured and died. Only a few were there. Who was left? His mother, about three or four other women, most of them named Mary. You don't even get to hear some of their names. By the way, represent women showing up where the sacrifice is needed. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, they showed up. Like, we don't even have their names. And yet they were there at the foot of the cross with the sacrifice. And there was one other, John, the guy who wrote this. The guy who wrote this, the one that Jesus loved. Now listen to the honor that was given to John because he was there. Jesus looked at John and said, son, look at your mother. Mother, look at your son. Jesus' family, his mother, he said, John, take care of my mother. Mother, this is the one who will take care of you. I want you to be like the Marys. I want you to be like John and be able to experience the kind of love that Jesus has, to be there, to be there at the sacrifice, there when everything was falling apart. Many people liked Jesus. Few joined him in sacrificial love. Now John, standing at the fate of Jesus, remembering that moment, says to you today, the next verse, little children, let us not love with word or tongue, but indeed in truth. Who better to understand the cost than John? Who didn't just say, I'll be with you, but was with you. Last week, I was able to attend a church in Maine. And there's a guy who was up there preaching, and he was talking about the woman who poured out an alabaster jar uh, full of expensive perfume. And anyways, he said this, uh, something like this. I changed it a little bit, but he said, no one who did anything incredible for Jesus simply liked him. Kingdom movements came from those who adored Christ and loved like him. I can ask no better thing for us, for my family, for you, than love like Jesus. This is no place to come to. Here, I'm going to tell you, even if you're brand new, this is no place to come for the purpose of simply feeling better about ourselves, but a place to sacrifice like Jesus did on the cross. It's easier to like Jesus than to love him. And it's easier to love Jesus than to love like him. Did you catch that? Listen again. It's easier to like Jesus than to love him. 
And it's easier to love Jesus than to love like him. And yet, that is what we're called to. So question. John's giving you example. He's asked you to ask a question of your own heart. Here's my question to you. How are you going to change the way you use your material possessions to show sacrificial love this week? Not in, not in concept, not in verbal, but in truth, in deed. What's he calling you to do? See, I believe that the word of God through the Holy Spirit convicts us right where we're at. And as we present it with faithfulness, something comes and, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. And these questions are not to you to answer me, but to answer him. For those who are following Jesus, like he is asking of you to participate in this kind of love. Jesus laid down his life. Remember that? Taking off his coat and laying it down. Man, our finances don't feel like coats to us, to me. It really doesn't. Like, I don't feel like it's just something I can take off. My possessions are mine. I feel like an extension of myself. You don't believe me? Well, think about giving away all of your possessions right now, the things that you worked for, that you worked harder than other people for, where you went after it and made sure you got the degrees or did the things that you were supposed to do, the things that you've strived for, the home that not only have you lived in and purchased, but have put memories in. Imagine having to give it up and to just to take it off and lay it down. Does it feel like you're taking off a coat or severing a limb? For me, it feels much more like losing a foot put so much worth into our things, and yet Jesus is calling us. A life that is ordered, disciplined, organized around sacrificial love is able to sacrifice like Jesus, to take off your coat and lay it down. A life ordered around self considers sacrifice as if you're losing a limb. I'm not saying give everything away. I'm simply saying what John said Love and truth and deed. One thing I didn't get to dive in with the scripture, it talks about when he sees a brother or sister in need. I'm asking you to see the need. Some of us have blinded ourselves. I mean, how often have you driven down a Canton's off-ramp and saw someone asking for money and in order to quell the feelings you have inside of you, explained why they're in the situation that they're in. If only they had done this or explained that they don't really need it or that they're gonna... Do you see how often we forget to see the need? Church, there is people in need. We need every single one of you to be invested in what we're doing. These codes on the walls are not just pretty sayings. They take investment and time. If they want to have teeth, if we want to see the world change, we got to be invested in that. And now more than ever in our church, there is a need. There is a need. Do you know that people are going to walk through those doors this week and they're going to come online and you're going to see them in the news feed and they're going to say, hey, I'm new. And they're going to walk through those doors and that they're going to come in here and they're going to give their lives to Jesus. Do you understand that? Do you know that in first service, people committed their lives to Jesus at the end of this online? Do you know that? That is amazing. Don't you want to be part of that? Don't you want to be invested in that? Don't you want to get to be part of that movement? I want you to. I want that joy to be yours. There's a need, so see it. How are you going to be part of that, the relentless pursuit of one more? Small groups. Do you know a family in need? Do you know someone who's struggling? Can you see it? And can you help them? Second 
is to participate in sacrificial giving. Participate in it. Actually give. You know, it's interesting. Sacrificial giving means that giving should hurt. Giving should hurt because it trains us to be like Jesus. The giving of our possessions, they should hurt because it reorders our life around a sacrifice around the cross. This is my first action step to you, truly. This is the first thing I want you to consider doing, to sit around your budget, to sit around in a moment, to talk through it with whoever you need to. I want you to commit to tithe, to give 10% of your income to the church to create a life ordered around sacrifice. Any person in this room, if I ask you to give up 10% of your money right now, we would have to change things. Every single one of us, that's difficult. That is a significant amount of money. And that's why it's beautiful because it causes you to discipline yourself and reorder your life around a sacrifice so that you can grow beyond, around a sacrifice. You know, people talk to me about tithing, and sometimes they go, why tithing? Why 10%? I said, that's a great start. It's a training wheels. They're like, what do you mean? Like, man, I want you to get on the bike of generosity. Do you remember when you were a little kid and you could get your first bike and you're like, man, I just want to zip around. I know my son Theodore was watching Caleb and just wanted to get on that bike, but he couldn't get on that bike without what? Without training wheels. Man, it would be ridiculous for my son Theodore to be a 35-year-old man with training wheels on his bike. It allows you greater freedom in your finances to tithe. And then you get to give and be generous above and beyond. And students, I want to talk to you about this. I want you to discipline yourself in tithing as well to order your life around this concept. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I, I don't actually make any money. Or if I do, it's just, you know, once in a while. I know. I want you to get into this discipline of tithing. I grew up with so many people who said, I'll start giving to God when I get out of college and when I get that new job and have that car payment and that mortgage and the student loan debt. And all of a sudden, you end up 40 years old and not giving. And it becomes so hard. Why? Because if you don't train your character now, it can't bear the weight of the responsibility you have later. Students, listen, there is joy in learning this now and ordering your life around sacrificial giving that will pay off in incredible ways, but also allows you to participate in what God is doing. The other thing that happens is the more you get, the more you believe the lies of the world that everything belongs to you that this is mine, my precious. It becomes so hard to sacrifice it at that point. Whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. For partners, that's what we agree to do. It is giving. All of this takes giving. All of this is an opportunity, is sacrifice, a sacrifice in every area of life, but especially our finances. So will you set some time to consider tithing? I encourage you to do that. Second, I want you to grow in generosity. Some of us, we got those training wheels on. It's time to go. Let's get excited. And that could be in this church or beyond or wherever. You should do that. It is so much fun. My wife and I are partners at this church. So is all of the staff, meaning we give 10% of everything we make to the church and go beyond. We also then get to be generous outside of this church, outside of this ministry, to people who need help. And for us, it's a double joy to see what God is doing in other areas and give to that. Has it taken sacrifice? Absolutely it has. Is it hard? 100% it is hard. But is it joy? Yes. What freedom and joy has come from being part of it. So how can we grow in generosity? How can we grow in this sacrificial love? Is fix our eyes on the cross. 
be one of the people who stood at his feet. Palm Sunday again. I know, I love Palm Sunday. They're coming in and they're laying down palms, which means victory. It's the victor. They're saying that Jesus is going to come in and overthrow the Roman government. But if you put yourself in that mind again, and Jesus is riding on a donkey, which is also weird. Everyone's like, why is he on a donkey? That doesn't seem right. But the people, the throngs, there's so many of them. They're making a path for him. They're laying it down. They are literally laying down the path. They want Jesus to go. They're saying, go this way, Jesus. Go this way. Don't we do the same? Problem is, Jesus wasn't interested in that path. It was a long, long road to Golgotha Hill. He was heading to the cross. The crowds weren't there anymore. And he had his cross and he was bearing, and he's walking up and he's going after what God had set before him. And there were only four or five people with him when he died. Be one of those people. Be one of the people who got to witness the greatest work of love in all of human history on the cross and sacrificial giving. We get to participate in Jesus' work of love, his transformational work of love on the cross when we stand on his feet and we focus our attention on who he is and what he's doing. You get to be part of that, every single one of you, a gift that most of us take for granted but are reminded of in this season. We participate in it. Palm Sunday is here. It's today. But protestations of love are not enough. Saying you love Jesus is not enough. We've got to remind ourselves so that we can make the hard decisions to love like him. So in preparation for Easter, to become more passionate about Jesus, more purposeful in action, ultimately to participate in the sacrificial love of the cross is what I want for you. What we're going to do in a moment what we're going to do, what we do with this entire week. So I'm asking you, as another action step, prepare for Easter. As we close, I want you to prepare for Easter. Attend Good Friday, both in person, or take your family through that PDF on the Now page uh, together. Put yourself at the feet of Jesus and look at his sacrifice. And then I want you to invite someone to Easter where we celebrate his resurrection. Use the cards. Help others encounter Jesus. Those coming back for Easter is your first service. Every week we have people coming back in person. Online, if you are ready and you're thinking about it, this is my commitment to you that everyone in the room is going to listen to too. We have kept up what we've been doing at every other road and wearing our masks. You can exit out the side. We want to create a space where you feel comfortable so that you can come. Everyone in the room would love to see you if you're ready and we're committed to helping you be here. Why? Because we want everyone to encounter Jesus. If you stay home, that's okay. But let's prepare to celebrate what Jesus has done and maybe invite someone who's never been to church. They're more willing to come on Easter than any other time. Finally, participate by investing. I want you to give. Maybe you've never given. Give for the first time. Sacrifice. Tithe. Grow in that. Grow in generosity beyond. God is laying something on your heart. It's your choice to choose to do it or to continue in the way and shut your eyes to what God is calling you to do. The Holy Spirit will call you to do that. Step out in faith. I'll close with this before we invite people to follow Jesus. It's easier to like Jesus than to love him. And it's easier to love Jesus than to love like him. For those who maybe are going to commit their lives to Jesus or recommit their lives to Jesus today in just a moment, this work of love means everything. 
What this symbolizes is Jesus, a perfect sacrifice, dying and sacrificing his life for you. Yes, you, every single one of us, and saying, if you will accept this gift, I will give you new life, new joy, and if you follow me, you get to do this too. You get to have a life of sacrifice. And so what we do every week and what we'll do next week and people will give their lives to Jesus and what people did earlier today, give their lives to Jesus, we will do now. We'll do that by centering ourselves on God. He's in the room, he's with us. And by closing our eyes, both in person and online, and even if you watch this later in the week or you listen on the podcast, I want you to place yourself where you can experience God. You can pray this out loud or in your heart or repeat after me in your own way, something like this. God, I am broken. God, I need someone to rescue me. I believe that the cross equals love because the cross equals a gift of life. This gift of life that Jesus has given me, I receive. I receive this gift and I will lay down my life. I will lay down my preferences and opinions and convenience to follow you. Lead me. Make me new. Help me love like you loved. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this message. Uh, We pray that it has impacted you in a profound way. Uh, We also ask that you trust the Holy Spirit to guide you and teach you and uh, speak to you in the ways uh, that God is calling you to move, specifically to move in action, uh, to love in action, to love sacrificially. Um, I want to remind you, if you need to connect with us in any way, shape, or form, no matter where you're listening, um, you can connect with us by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash now and um, clicking on that button that says connect card, and then we will be happy to follow up with you. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and we hope to see you soon.